Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Well, what a great day already, and wow, this thing's hot. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're glad you came to church today. <clears throat> now turn back and tell him, uh, I'm glad you came to church today. Because you don't want to miss this, right? Some of you are confused, like, I don't know what I was supposed to say, but anyway, I'm glad I'm here. If you would, take your handouts uh, uh, that you were given when you came in this morning, and on one side is a great place to take some notes, and you're not going to want to miss what God has to say for you today and the days ahead, because this is applicable 24-7 forever and ever, so so grab a hold of it. Don't let it escape you, and, and you're here on a great day. We have been so blessed to celebrate the dedication of these amazing gifts of God, these, these wonderful children that we are blessed with and our, our church family, and, and we are here also today to finish up our first of the year study called Renew, and if you missed any of it, go back and catch up and, and, and find out what all God is saying to us uh, as we begin this new year, because Renew is actually the theme of our year here, 2019, and so today we're finishing up by talking about renewing our love, and that's, uh, that's quite timely, huh? Yeah, because we're in the, uh, the season of, of what we call love and, and what I like to call the, the, the holiday, the, the greeting card and floors manufactured day of celebrating romantic love to get our money out of our pockets and into their cash registers uh, day, right? That's kind of a, a lengthy uh, a name for it, so, so not everybody is catching on to that, but that's pretty much so what it is. They want to go cha-ching and get our money from us by us spending a lot of money. But how many of you do love chocolate like me, right? And how many of you would not mind receiving one of these maybe a little bit larger than this one, right? So look at Sarah down here. How can you just turn, turn that away? Come here, baby. You can have this one, huh? Now you're getting shy on me. Yeah, she was like coming out of her seat excited about chocolate. So, so here is some good news today. You have an opportunity to actually win some chocolate. And so, I mean, say praise God for that. Might be the first amen you've had all year. I hope not, but, but you have that opportunity. And, and, and I, I tell you what, I think this whole deal about romantic love and Valentine's Day may be the reason why we have so many challenges in this area called love. Because here's what has happened in our society. There's been a heavy emphasis put on romantic love. How many of you would agree with that? I mean, that, that's what seems to consume our lives and our world and, and everything. And there's been a big neglect at what real love really is, if that even makes sense. So we have went so far to the one end of the spectrum that we've neglected the real, true, important end of the spectrum. And that's what love truly is. And so I'm going to incorporate a little bit of music, history, uh, with today's message. So again, get ready. That's going to be your opportunity. So here's what's going to happen. When I, when I say the, the title of a song that should be kind of familiar to us, if you know who made that song famous, popular, who sang that song and, and you know, got a lot of airplay with it and, and is known for doing that particular song, then just stand up immediately and, and get ready to tell us what the answer is. How, how does that sound? You got it over here, right side? And we've got Pastor Terry, who uh, was just up here praying. He's ready to monitor who stands up first and gets first shot at it. So you got to be ready. you got to be quick. Be on your toes. And so we're going to start with number one in the outline, and it's simply, what's love got to do with it, right? Uh, 
Terry, who is it, Paula? Miss Paula. Welcome, Miss Paula, back. She moved to South Carolina on us a while back, and she's back visiting with us this morning. Welcome. We love you, and good to have you back. So, so who made that song popular? Tina Turner, you got it, girl. There's some chocolate coming your way. How many of you remember that? What's love got to do and got to do with it? What's love but... Hey, Todd, come on, man. Break it out, boy. Now, how many of you knew Todd had that in him? Give me some up here, bro. Worship team auditions coming up in two weeks. Come on, just think about it. What's love but a secondhand emotion? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? Man, that just makes you sick, don't it? That's somebody who's gotten a raw deal in love and is just kind of thrown in the towel and said, I quit, I give up. But I want you to know this morning, it is virtually impossible to exaggerate the importance of love in our lives. Nothing is more basic to true godly living than this singular virtue. Nothing is more central to Christian discipleship because at the very heart of authentic discipleship is that word L-O-V-E, love. Without love, we're nothing, church. When Jesus was asked this question, what is the greatest commandment that there is in the law? In Matthew 22, verse 36, he answered this way, you shall love the Lord your God. Is he yours today? Make that personal. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with everything in you. And then in verse 37, he added these words, and a second commandment I give to you right there just behind commandment number one that follows directly that says you shall love your what is it who is it your neighbor now we're not talking about Mr. Rogers you know would you could you be my neighbor it's a beautiful no we're not talking about that and I'm not asking for the song title because you know I just said as Mr. Rogers but we're talking about everybody who we do life with Everybody we come in contact with. It's not just the people who live beside us on either side or across the street from us or, or directly behind us. No, our neighbor is everybody we rub shoulders with, everybody we lock eyes with at whatever point in time. So Jesus is basically telling us, hey, what's love got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it. It's of utmost importance. It's the number one thing you should be about in your lives. Loving God and loving people. Man, that's some good stuff. The Apostle Paul further maintained that such love is the fulfillment of the law in, in Galatians 5.14. He says, love meets every requirement of the divine standard. It is a debt that can never be repaid. So love must be given continually, as Romans 13.8 tells us. In Christian living, love is not a secondary matter. It is the primary matter of life. Love is never incidental. It's always fundamental, church. And Paul also wrote that without love, we are just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal that we make some noise, but we're empty and hollow because we don't have the real stuff within us, and that is love. The Bible tells us that the world will know that we are Christians by our coffee table Bibles, right? I mean, people don't even have those anymore, but I remember growing up, man, everybody had like a 20-pound coffee, coffee table Bible sitting on their coffee tables in their living rooms. And that's what God's Word says. If you're a Christian, you're going to display that big, huge Bible out on your coffee. Some people don't even have a coffee table anymore. No, it doesn't say that. It says they're going to know that we're Christians by the bumper stickers we have on our vehicles. Amen. The fish symbol has got to be there, and if it's not there, then you are not a Christian. You're not a Christ follower. That's what the scripture says, right? 
They'll know we're a Christian by the the wonderful t-shirts we wear that proclaim our love for Christ. No. The Bible simply says they will know you are a Christian by your L-O-V-E, love. Now, we all know that love is the most popular subject in our lives. More songs and movies and conversations and arguments and heartaches and happiness are all centered around this thing that, that we know of love. And it's probably the most, also, get this, write this down, misunderstood subject as well. Which leaves a lot of people crying out, I want to know what love is. Who was it, Terry? Dan the man. And I want you to show me, right? Woo! I know I'm not doing as good as Todd over here. All right, Dan, for $20,000. No, I'm just kidding. Foreigner, that's right. Give the man some chocolate. Let's give him a hand. But Dan, I wish you'd have sang that with me like Todd did, man. He killed it. I'm telling you, I'm just... I'm just blown away by the, the talent this guy. Well, I want to begin by saying that love is more than a feeling. It, it, it seems to be the, the main criteria that our society goes by right now, and that is, look at me, church, their feelings. I just don't have those goosebumps anymore. I don't, I don't feel that love that I, I once felt for you and for God and blah, 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 and on and on. Well, here's what I want to tell you about feelings. Watch them carefully. Because they are very unpredictable and they're also very dangerous. Our feelings can get us in a lot of trouble. Because here, here's a prime example that, that doesn't really have anything to do with this subject per se of love. But it, but it does have to do with, with following your feelings. Maybe, maybe you uh, go home after this and, and the afternoon doesn't go quite as planned. You don't get that nap that you wanted. And you, you kind of get grumpy as the evening goes on. And your family just all a bunch of morons. And I'm, I'm just kidding, not your family. I know your family's great, but, but if they were, you know, just kind of play that scenario out and, and they just add more to the aggravation and, and, and what's more, you go to bed, but you just can't sleep good, you know, through the night and then, then tomorrow is, is what day? It's Monday and everybody loves Monday, right? Woohoo! let's give it up for Monday. No, not so much. So then Monday comes and you're still kind of cranky from the weekend. Things didn't go like you had planned and hoped and wanted and seen and all that stuff. So, so Monday, you just got this good mad built up. You're not feeling it. And a boss or a coworker comes by and they're feeling it, man. They're feeling good. They, they, they lay out some instructions to you and you, you just go by your feelings and what do you do? You just snap at them. You just tell them off. Now, if it's your boss, you may be looking for a new job very quickly. I don't know, but, but don't follow your feelings. We've got to master the feelings that we have. We've got to, as the Bible says, one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. We've got to learn to grab that self-control in our lives and say, hey, I'm not going to be dictated by my feelings. And that's super important when it comes to this area called love. Because I'm going to tell you something. Husbands and wives, you know this very well. You don't always feel that love for your spouse. When they're jumping all over you, telling you, you don't help in laundry, you don't cut the grass, you don't do it. You know, that, that feeling's just not bubbling up inside you of stop. Stop, stop, baby. Stop right there. Do you know how much I love you right now? now you, you don't feel that. That's like, you're ready to roll up your sleeves and say, you say one more thing. <laughs> so, so we can't afford to go by our feelings. And, and we, are, we are people, if you belong to Jesus Christ, look at me, church. Then here's what moves us, dictates us, motivates us faith, not feelings. 
I'm telling you something. If we learn to live by faith in Jesus Christ, and you know what? We gain mastery over the feelings that we will have pop up in us occasionally because I'm going to tell you something. I pastor a church, but you know what? Sometimes I get ticked off. Sometimes I'm at the end of my road. Sometimes my emotions are raw, and sometimes I just ain't feeling it. But I can't unleash on somebody when I'm not feeling it. I can't walk in here on Sunday mornings like, hey, pastor, how's it going today? Hey, listen, I need you to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, stop it. You're about the 500 person that's asked me for something this week, and I've had enough. I don't feel it right now, so leave me alone. You think I could do that? As, that wouldn't work out so well. Now, don't get gun shy and ask, stop asking me stuff because I don't feel I'm just using that as an example, Right? You know, that's usually Pastor Scott that'll snap. I'm just kidding. It's not him. It's just. How many of you remember the song of the 80s? More than a feeling. Who wants to jump up on that one? Anybody? Jump up. Stand up. That's the rule. Up. Who was it? Todd? Todd? Who? Todd? Corey? Who was it? Who sang it? There you go. Let's give the man some chocolate. More than a feeling. Folks, here's what love is. True love is a choice. And, and in that choice, it takes action. It's a verb. And here, get this with me this morning, church. Love does the hard things. Write that down somewhere. Love does the hard things. And for example, as Jesus is dying on the cross, literally, his life pouring out of him just for us to, to wash us and cleanse us and save us from our sins, here's what he says about everybody out there that put him on the cross. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. How about some love right there? How about somebody looks at us wrong and we're ready to smack the taste out of their mouth, you know? Much less if they're beating us and, and abusing us and treating us like that and, and we're still going to muster up the forgiveness for them and the love to even say that and, and mean it with our hearts. But that's exactly what Jesus did and the reason why is because love does the hard things. As Paul addressed the subject of love, he clearly emphasized that Christian love is the sacrificial self-giving that seeks the highest good in others around us. In this, the apostle was stressing that all genuine love requires costly sacrifice. It's going to cost us something. The Bible says again, for God so loved the world that he gave action, his only son. Because God loved he gave what was most costly to him. In short, there is no love where there is no sacrifice. True love always cost us something, and Jesus showed up for us. That was action. Jesus told the Father, I'll go. I will go and rescue them. I will go and lay my life down. I will go and give my life away just for them so that they can be redeemed and they can be saved and they can be cleansed from their sins. This is in contrast to other forms of love that we, we know and experience every day in our lives. For example, we know of love that is reflected in a romantic or sexual attraction, as we mentioned earlier. And there's also this type of love that's called a brotherly love that we experience between friends. But Christian love supersedes all of these, transcends all of these. This love is a God-like love. It's supernatural. It's Holy Spirit produced. And, and such authentic love is not a, not a mere shallow sentiment or, or feeling. On the contrary, this kind of love runs much, much deeper, being deeply rooted and firmly grounded in our will. Get this, church. Further, it's selfless. It's a selfless love. is the willful choice that puts the welfare of others before one's own personal interest. This kind of love is more concerned about giving than receiving. I want to I tell you this right now. You want to know what real love is? That's it. 
And I'm, I'm going to tell you this as well. Everything else is just a very, very poor substitute in our lives and in our world. Real love gives and real love goes and real love serves others and is not self-centered And how desperately we need this kind of love today because we live in a world that seems to be saturated with meism. What am I going to get out of it? How's it going to benefit me? How's it going to make me feel good? Me, me, me. Give me, give me, give me. I want, I want. I deserve, I demand. I should have this. And that's the kind of, of saturation that we live with in this day and time. We live in that me-centered society. And God's saying, I want you to go and be others-centered. I want you to go and give. I want you to go and love. I want you to go and say, how can I serve you? How can I help you? What areas of need do you have? Jesus even challenged his disciples and said, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was sick, you came and healed me. And when I was in prison, you came and visited me. And they said, when did you do it? When did we do all that to you? We don't remember that. What, what's going on? He said, when you did it to, did it to the what? least of these, then you did it to me. Man, you want to know what love is? There it is, church. It's a beautiful portrait of love. And really, when you look even deeper at this godly, real love, you could even say that it's a crazy little thing called love. Whoop! Oh, man, I don't know, Terry. That's tough. All right. Who? Of course it's queen. Let's give it up. Give her a hand. She... Yeah, it was close. It was like 15 people just coming out of their seats like they were, they were ready to run down on the prices right and say, woo, woo, you know, that, that kind of thing. Maybe we try that next time, Terry. That might be a lot of fun. <laughs> Joni Smith, come on down. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll think about it. Listen, what most people understand is love in our world especially is just love American style. It's conditional, it's selfish, it's love me, give me, serve me. Basically, most people confuse lust with love in our day and time. And, and believe me, they're, they're nowhere close to each other. And, and it's easy to talk a good game about love, but, but really loving, truly loving people is tough. And look at me. I'm talking about those people that, that have done some crazy stuff to you. And God said, you gotta love them. <laughs> you're like, I don't want to. And he says, you got to. And you're like, I, I, I don't don't even like to see them. I mean, I can't even think. I, I, listen to this. What love, and I'm talking about real crazy, radical love looks like. What it, what it really looks like, this, this truly godlike love is, is reckless. It, it's radical. It just, it don't even just think outside the box. It just crushes the box and says, try me. And, and, and here's, what, here's what I'm talking about. W what about this scenario? What about there's a drunk driver that, that causes an accident that takes the life of your child and, and somehow or another, because of God's help, you're able to stand up and forgive that person and love them despite what they've just done to your family and to your life. Or what about this? Helping the one who has lied about you and treated you like garbage over and over again and still yet you reach out with a heart of love and say, you know what? I'm still going to love you. I mean, because when you think about it, that's kind of what we've done with God over and over again in our lives. At times, we just walked away. At times, we've just forgotten completely about him. At times, we just kind of trashed him. At times, we just lived our lives on our own terms and, and kind of spit in his face and say, take that, God. I know you gave me this life. I know you blessed me with everything, but I'm going to do it my way. And we've done that. And yet, God's love never, ever, ever stops for us. So think about other people treating you like that and you continuing to love them 
or not trashing those who have trashed you to the world on social media or the, or the web or whatever may be, whatever venue or forum, that, that turn the other cheek thing. You ever, you ever heard that one before? Or what about a love that leaves the 99 to go after the one? Because love refuses to give up on the object that its love is placed upon. The way that Christ loves us. Or I've got one more. And I want you to perk up. I want you to grab a hold of your chair. <laughs> Some of we, we did this last week. I want you to reach over and say to your neighbor, are you ready? And I want, to, I want you to say it in your best Michael Buffer voice. The guy that always leads off the boxing matches. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. Okay, you got it. Kind of got the picture now, right? But you're holding on to your seat, right? Because get this. What about loving a child that has nobody? Pin drop. Oops. No family. No place to call their own. No, no home. What about radically reaching out and giving them a home and a family? Huh? How, how about that? Do you know that, that right now, right this very minute at 11.03, Sunday morning, February the 10th, right now in Gaston County, we have what has been termed and called a foster slash adoption crisis. And what does that mean? That means that they're having to ship out kids in this county that have no home and no family and nobody to love them and call them their own and say, hey, we will take care of you even though nobody else is. They're having to send them out to other counties. Why? Because right now in Gaston County, how many of you live in Gaston County? Raise your hands. That's just about most of you. There is a crisis there are so many kids and not enough families who will say, send them to us. We'll love them. We'll take them. We'll nurture them. We will care for them. Everything that Pastor Scott challenged us with just a few moments ago with these precious kids that already have homes and families and people that love them and, and, and care for them. Hundreds of kids right now need that. Here's what I say. We are against killing our precious babies. Amen. We're against it, loud and clear, bold and out there. No hesitation, no confusion. We're against that. But I'm asking us as well to not just be against something. Let's be for kids. Let's tell that mom, hey, you don't have to make that choice. Give them to us. We'll nurture them. We'll take care of them. We'll love them. We'll raise them up. Let's go to the, to the foster care people and say, give us your kids. Give us the ones who don't have any. Give us the children that we can take care of and love and nurture and raise up. Here's what I say today, church. Let's love the unloved. Let's family the unfamily, if that even makes sense. Let's be the church. Let's live out love just as Jesus has called us to and showed himself. What if we did that? What if we took this personal? And listen, I applaud because we have about 10 families in this church at least that have done that, that are doing that, that right now said, hey, I'll take them. Give them to us. Let us have them. Let, let us put them in our homes and our families. Let us give them what they need as children. Precious, 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 precious children. But here's the reality of it. There, there are so much more. When I get emails like the email I got from Susanna, at least of these this past week that plead with us as pastors to share with our churches, our, our families. Look, look, we, we've got a great need. We've got so many kids. We need homes. We need families. What if we do that? 
What if we show some real crazy, radical, reckless God love church? Let's allow God, here, this, God dropped this on my heart. Let's allow God to blow up the plans, the small plans that we have for ourselves. And I've done that. I had this plan of two point no kids and, and getting them raised up and, and, and being done. And, and God said, guess what? I've got other plans. And my wife came to me one day because she's the one that really hears from God in the family and should be up here preaching to you right now. But she came and said, I need you to pray about something. And that something was reaching out and adopting a child. And, and I said, yep, going to have to pray about it. God confirmed it. We did it. And God brought us this precious gift. He's a challenge sometimes. But I'm telling you what, I wouldn't have it any other way. And we've been able to love that little fella, and he's our family now for four years. What if you let God just blow up those small plans that you have made? And in, in, in the place of those small plans, what if you just dared to step out and say, God, give me the plans that you have for my life, and watch what happens. Lord, I don't want to be small-minded anymore. I don't want to be small-thinking. I don't want these little bitty plans that, that I've just kind of made myself and created in, in my own head. I want your plans, God. I want your word to come to me. I want a vision from heaven. I want you to speak to my heart, God. I want you to open up my horizons. I, I want you to expand my future and my destiny, God. Whatever it is you have for me, God. And I truly believe that when the church is being the church, we're rising up and we're taking care of widows and we're loving and taking care of the orphans and the children that society has thrown away in our warehousing and have nobody else to sit down and love on those kids and, and look them in the eyes. One of the biggest challenges we had with, with Devin, because when we got him at, at the age of six, he had already been in six other homes. <laughs> Imagine that. Is that he would constantly say, now when I go to my next home, will I be able to take this with me? When I go to my next home, what, will there be some other kids there? And I kept on and on and on saying, Devin, son, you're not going anywhere else. You are home. We are your home. We are your family. And I, I finally got to a point. I got down on my knees in front of his, his little face. And I said, do you like it here? Oh, yeah, it's, it's great. You like us? Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes we're not that likable. He said, oh, yeah. And I looked him in the eyes and I said, son, you are home. You'll never have to go anywhere else. And he looked at me and he said, even when I get married and grow up? <laughs> and I said, sure, bring the wife, have some kids. If that helps you get it, then yes, you're home. If I'm 65 and taking care of grandbabies in my home with Devin, then I'm committed to that. If I'm 80 and still taking care of kids as they're 12 and 13 and, and him, I don't care. But I'm not sitting here trying to pat us on the back. What I'm sitting here doing is saying, think about love in this manner. Think about it's more than just hearts and chocolates and, and roses. And I'm not saying all that stuff is bad. It's not bad. But listen, I believe it's time this church rises up and says, let us do the work of the Lord. Let us do what he's called us to do. Let us do what he's created us to do. And that is love. Love, love, love. And I know that everybody can't take a child into their home, but everybody can do something are you hearing me? Everyone can do something to help turn the tide on this crisis for our children. What about some radical love? I think you would 
agree with me. The old, old song that many of you are no clue about. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing, the only thing that's going to bring the change that we need. Not a sorry substitute, but the real thing, the Jesus living in me and loving through me. Real love. Now, right now, let me just caution as we move to a conclusion and dig just a little bit deeper with the words of a song that many of you probably do not know that says, honey, don't let your love grow cold. Amen. Huh, who is it? Who sang it? That, that good, gracious alive. Let's give it up for Tammy, man. That is like one of the, as a matter of fact, when I sent my notes out Thursday night, P. Scott emailed me back and said, is number four even the title of a song? I said, yeah, it, uh, believe it or not, it is. It's very obscure. Because what can happen is when we let our love grow cold, the next thing you know, we can be all out of love. <laughs> I'm all out of love. Who was who that? Stand up. So lost with that. Air supply right here. This young lady gets some chocolate. Keep standing. We want you to, to get that, that good. And I, I sprang for some good stuff too. The Russell Stovers, man. It's in the store brand. This isn't great value chocolate from Wally World. This is this is the good stuff. R.S., okay? Quality. You don't want to be all out of love. If you've been in church long enough, you've heard the old story of, of the proverbial coal that fell out of the fire and became very cold very quickly. And many preachers around the world have, have used this as an, a, an analogy and to encourage us to continue to be part of the body of believers rather than falling out from a, a fellowship and losing our fire and our glow. However, it strikes me that, that all the coals suffer from the same problem at some stage because left on their own, to their own devices, all coals will eventually grow cold. You've, you've, had a, you've had a campfire many, many times. Those of you love to camp, and, and, you know, after a few hours, you go back out, or the next morning, you go back out, and, and all the coals and the embers are, are cold, and it's done, and it's gone, and, and there's no heat. And we know that coals will grow quick, quick, uh, cold quicker than, than others, but without any external influences, all the coals are destined to lose their heat. So before considering how coals can effectively retain their heat, thereby ensuring that collectively they continue to fulfill their purpose in providing warmth to the frozen traveler or a sizzling steak to the starving worker. Let's remind ourselves of Jesus' strong words of warning to his followers. He, he gave this warning about growing cold in Matthew 24. He describes at length some of the signs of the end times. And in verse 12, he warns this. Because of the increase of wickedness, I'll just stop right there for a second. Are we seeing that right now, church? Wickedness seems to abound, flourishing. As they say, wickedness of business, business is good. I mean, it's booming right now. So Jesus calls it, he says, in the last days, there's going to be this great increase of wickedness. So that's already happening. And then he goes on and says, after that, these sobering words, and the love of many, or most, if your version says that, will grow what? Cold. I find this almost staggering every time I, I read it in my Bible. That it doesn't say the, the love of a few or the love of some or, or whatever. It says the love of most or many are going to grow cold. It's going to die out. Now, I, for one, do not want to be a part of that group that loses my fire for Jesus Christ, that loses my love, that, that my love you just tank just gets emptier and emptier and emptier till, till one day it, it's, it's totally empty. It's all gone. There is no more love. I'm, I'm all out of love. I don't want to be there. 
And I believe I'm speaking to a group of people in this room and outside of this room that you're in the very same place. You dare not want to grow cold in your love for Jesus Christ. He, he went on in, in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, and he says this, and confronting the church of Ephesus, because even though they do many things well, and there's a cautionary warning there, you can do all the stuff really well, but here's what he says. At the heart of the issue, you are forsaken your first love. I've said it like this for a lot of years. You can be all about the king's business. You can be preaching and teaching Sunday school and volunteering on the parking team and out there making coffee and, 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 and doing on and on and on the stuff of the kingdom. But we get so busy about the business of the kingdom that we forget all about the king. That we don't just go and sit at his feet and say, man, do I love you. As I was driving in early this morning around 6.30 or so, I saw the sun coming over the horizon and, and, and a few clouds just making that beautiful color that it makes when, when sunlight hits the clouds. And, and man, over that horizon, I looked at it and said, God, I am amazed every day at just how much you love me. And you display it in so many different kind of ways. You'll have a person come up to me at just the right time and say, Pastor Robert, you don't know this, but man, you have done so much to help me and bless me in my life, and I just want to thank you. And to me, that's just God giving me a big old bear hug and saying, I love you, son. I'll never stop loving you. When I, when I drive and I see that, that sunrise, and then yesterday evening I saw the sun setting in the same manner, and I, I just always look up and, and remember this, that the heavens declare the glories of our great God. And I just feel like God's just reaching down and saying, man, do you not, not understand how much I love you? This is what I, I do for you. I love you this much. I mean, it's powerful. It's real. I don't want to get away from the king. It's all about the king. These words to the church of Laodicea are so strong and sobering. He goes on and says, because you're lukewarm, you're neither hot nor cold, I am about to spew you out of my mouth. Church, these believers had not even gone past the stage of being lukewarm, but in loving discipline, Jesus warns them in the hope that they would repent and their relationship be restored and the fire, the fire of God burn bright again. Now, I know without a shadow of a doubt that in a, in a, a room of, of this many people, that there are it's quite a percentage of you that are in here for a lot of other reasons than to hear from the king and be with him. And here's what I say to you. If that's where you're at in your life, I want you to run to the fire. I want you to not play around and mess around. I want you to say, Jesus, I need you to come and light me up like Christmas time. God, I want to I wanna be, be so on fire for you, Jesus. I, I want my life to be burning bright. I want to be that city on a hill, God, that cannot be put out. God, come and do something of renewal in my life for my love for you and my love for people. Because when it all comes down to it, what we want to be and I know some of you will find this interesting. It's simply a hunk of hunk of burning love. Woo! Hot dog! Now, so when I'm talking about getting close to the king, I'm not talking about that king. Some of you act like he was right here in the building. I, I'm telling you what, I hadn't seen her move that fast ever. That's my mother-in-law right there, and I didn't give her any answers, believe me. 
God wants us to be that hunk of hunk and burning love. And, and all I got to say right now is mm, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Some of you will get that. Here's what I want you to know. Love can be renewed. It can be revived for God and for others around us. I know some of you have been hurt and you've been wounded and you've just sworn off it and I'm just kind of going through life cold and indifferent, but that's not the way we were created to live. If we have not love, we know not God is what the Bible tells us because God is whoop, love. Plain and simple. That's who he is. That's what he is. And he says to us, I want to love in you and I want to love through you. I want you to know the fullness of my love, the richness of my love, the power of my love. And I want that love to be displayed in your life and lived out through your life. And it's possible. Because I want you to know something that you may not be aware of. Jesus Christ specializes in bringing dead things back to life, huh? <laughs> Boy, you're deader than a rock, I tell you. Jesus Christ specializes in bringing dead things back to life. He can bring whatever seems hopeless back. If you've lost that loving feeling and it's gone, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, listen, what is it, Brian? Righteous brothers right here. Mr. Brian got the last one of the day. Let's give him a hand. Woo! Come on, let's give him a hand like you mean it. Come on. I hesitated to use that one because we know love's not a feeling, but man, sometimes you got to have a little bit of feeling, right? And if, if it's grown dead, if it's grown cold in your life, here's what I want you to know. Jesus said that he wants our love to be red hot. Here, kind of like this, like you newly in love couples in here. Huh? We got a few. Man, you walking on sunshine. Well, that one doesn't count, okay? <laughs> You're zippity and doodah and all the day long. I'm telling you, having a big old time. You got them googly eyes at each other, the goosebumps, and it's just all gushy, mushy, all that good stuff. And listen, there's some of you couples in here that aren't newly in love. You celebrating 20, 25, 30, 35, in Don's case, 110 years of happily married bliss. And you know what? You figured out how to keep that fire burning. And man, you're just as loved today or even more so than you were there back 110 years ago. Why? Because you know what it takes to be in love, to stay in love, and to keep that fire burning. And the same principles apply with us in Christ. It's a relationship that we stoke the fire every day, that we spend time with him, that we grow in him, and we say, I just can't get enough of you, Lord. I need more and more and more of you in my life, and I don't want my fire to grow dim, God. How many of you would say right now, man, I need some, some fire in me for Christ, his great kingdom, and the people that he has not just encouraged me to love, but get this, he's commanded me to love. If you would just close your eyes with me for a moment. I'm a big sports movie fan and there's a movie I, I watch on occasion called Friday Night Lights. Billy Bob Thornton plays Coach Gary Gaines at Permian High School in Texas and they were playing for the state championship, a little small school against big Dallas Carter. Outsized, out strength, out all kind of stuff, but they, they were down at halftime pretty big struggling pretty much uh, 
first part of the game terribly and just in a bad way. And he took a man in the halftime speech, wasn't fiery and raw rod, all that. He just simply said this. Guys, you need to find each other again. And you need to have that love in your hearts for each other. For some reason, early this morning when I was in my office, that that scene just hit my mind. And I, I felt like the Lord says to us that some of you in this room with God, you just need to find Him again. You need to find that joy of your salvation when you first surrendered to Christ, that love that just flooded and I mean overwhelmed you, and I mean just poured in wave after wave after wave from God to you. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. And we need to find each other again and love each other in Christ. Very simply, with every eye closed for just another moment, if you're in here and you'd say, Pastor, I need to fully surrender to Jesus Christ in my heart, in my life. I need that love. I need my fire re renewed and rekindled and stoked. Would you just raise your hand all across this, this building and even outside of it? If you're praying this prayer today, would you just let me know how to pray best for you? How many would say that today? Pray for me. Thank you, sir. How many others? Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Maybe you're saying this morning, you know what? I've got some challenges with some people, with some relational stuff. Pastor Scott walked us through that a few weeks ago. Powerful, life-changing. But you're still holding on to something with someone. Today, Jesus says, love me, love your neighbor. Bottom line, who would say, pray for me this morning? I, I need to make that step. I need to make that right. Anybody? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. How many others? Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Anybody need Jesus in here completely to revolutionize your life, to transform, forgive you of your sins? Anybody at all that says, I, I need Christ, that I give him my life today? Can I see your hands? Yes, thank you. Anybody else? We just reach over and take the hand of somebody near you right now. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for loving us. We're going to finish up this service here in just a moment with worship and celebration one more time in this place through song and music, but right now, we worship you in this prayer time. We honor you. We love you. And we thank you for your great love for us. And Lord, I just pray this right now on every single one of us, those who raised a hand and those who didn't, light our fire. Light our fire and let it continue to burn for you insanely. Let us have that reckless love that goes all out on everything for you and your kingdom and, and for the people around us, God. Transform us in love today. Baptize us in love today, God. Saturate us in your love today and every day moving forward. Would you stand to your feet right now and would you worship with us as we finish this part of our service this morning? Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.